1: Attention, this is not another boring business podcast. We're here to
0: help mission-driven entrepreneurs get their message and offers out to the masses.
1: In a fun way that doesn't suck.
0: Over the last year, we've created a powerful community of podcasters that are becoming real change makers in the online space. And we're not talking about breaking a 20. I'm Jamie Atkinson.
1: And I'm Gina Suzanne.
0: And listen to us as we laugh, cry, and battle our way to a seven-figure-a-year business.
1: We're going to be talking about not just what the online gurus it's are teaching, me. but what they're actually doing. To transform and scale their business.
0: Listen in as we break down the real life publishing strategies these entrepreneurs are actually using.
1: Come for the tactics. Stay for the banter. Welcome to the Change Changemakers Podcast.
0: You're ready to create real change.
1: And so are we.
0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Changemaker Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Atkinson. And boy, have we got an exciting episode for you guys today. My guest today has 6 million followers grown and managed. He's helped his clients generate over $3 million in terms of revenue. His podcast, The Think Different Theory, hit over 100,000 downloads in its first year completely organically. He's gone over to get nearly a quarter million of downloads with his show. It's hugely inspiring,
1: powerful. Please welcome my guest today, Josh Forty. Josh, what's going on, dude? What's up, man? Oh, dude, I am so excited. Thank you for that intro. Um, this is a long time coming. I feel like we've had to reschedule this like 10 times. But dude, yeah. uh, I'm glad we finally got it done. I know, right? And like podcasting
0: is my jam. And and honestly, I've listened to some episodes that you've done and like some of my favorite people in the world, the likes of J.R. Revis, like going super deep. I've got to compliment you on Think Different Theory because there's not many podcasts that actually do things differently. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people are just, you know, cookie cutter, the same stuff. And I love the conversations you provoke on shows. I think it's awesome.
1: Yeah, well, I appreciate it, man. I think so. One of the big things that kind of inspired the show was like, I have a firm belief that in life, you can basically have anything that you want and you can figure out just about anything if you know how to ask the right questions. And I think that one of the big problems with society today, besides, you know, not being able to think, but uh, is that like people just don't know how to ask the right questions. And like, I work with a mindset coach right now. Right. And, you know, she's like super, super high performance works with, you know, uh, high level people. I pay her like five grand a month. And you know, her, her whole thing is like, I don't ever tell you the answer. I don't ever tell you what to do. I simply rephrase the question. And, you know, I started the podcast before that, but like that premise of saying like, Hey, if you approach a problem, if you approach a situation and you approach an interview, whatever that is with you know, your typical standard set of questions that everybody asks, you're going to get the exact same answer and the exact same information. You're never really going to learn anything new. And it's going to sound like everybody else. But if you can approach a problem, a situation, a podcast, interview, whatever it is in life by simply asking a bit different or better question, you're going to get a different answer, which will then bring you a different result and hopefully go off and change your life. So I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, dude, I love it. We've had Katie on the show before. Absolutely incredible. She's we, we awesome. Had,
1: we, had little, we had some
0: tears flying on that episode, which was absolutely wild. And, Josh, nice. there's, so, there's so much I want to talk to you about. Like, there's, there's the podcast, there's audience building. You've just launched an amazing brand new product, which is taking the world by storm. First, really quickly, because there's a lot of people who are listening right now who have probably followed you, have probably got connected. I know that your background actually comes from, you know, starting out and and you built into Instagram and things really blew up there. Yeah, What was it that made you originally pivot away from Instagram? Because I know that it's like, it was a big game changer when you were in it and a lot of stuff has changed since then. But what what actually made that initial pivot?
1: That's a really good question, actually. So yeah, so when I actually got started into the whole social media game, I, you know, it I know your typical story, how it's broke. And I was trying to get into, you know, it's like trying to make something (laughs) of myself, right? Um, But I I had a lot of success actually really early on. And, you know, part of that was thanks to the Instagram algorithm. Like you could be pretty stupid at the beginning and and grow. You know, it's kind of like TikTok right now, right? Like any idiot can go get a hundred thousand followers. But I think one of the things that set us apart is we actually did it a lot. Like we really like got consistent results with it. And so about a year and a half into it, I had a business partner. Um, We had a course that had done really well. We were managing about 3 million, 3 million plus followers on the platform. And we just had different directions for the company. And it was one of those things where like there was no right or wrong. It was just different. And so rather than trying to, you know, have a power grab or fight over one way or the other, my business partner was like, fine, I'll just, I'll buy you out. Sound good? And I'm like, yeah, I, I suppose so. Like, that that makes sense. I can kind of go off and do my own thing now. And so I ended up selling, selling. I mean, we split ways. He basically wrote me a check for, you know, to buy out the assets. But it was, I mean, it wasn't like a six-figure exit or anything, you know? Like, it was just like, hey, I've got some cash in the bank now. But I kind of sat there and I was like, okay, I don't really have any assets. I don't have any Instagram accounts anymore. I don't really have an email list. The only thing that I have in my life is I have a Facebook group. And this has about 5,000 members in it. And up until that point, even though we were managing 3 million followers we weren't really marketers. We were more Instagram managers. And so we like, we only made like probably like 150 grand, which for two people running an agency, like that's not great. Right. I mean like for when you got 3 million followers, but I had this and I was sitting there and I'm like, okay, I've got to go and make, like, I've got to go make money. I, I have no job, and no income. And so I went to this Facebook group of like 5,000 members and I read com secrets, right? Russell Brunson, drink the Kool-Aid man, like hundred percent. And I was like, all right, I was going to make this group an offer. There's only 5,000 members in that group. And I made 42 grand in nine days. And I was like, what the crap? Like what just happened? Like, how did I do that? I had no idea what I did. And so like from that moment, I was like, okay, I need to study audiences. I need to study how audiences work. Um, And I read this book called Tribes by Seth Godin. It's one of my favorite books on audiences and, and just like really understanding how people work and think. And he talked about how, you know, th- these different requirements essentially for, for tribes in, in order for them to be able to thrive. And for, one of the first things he said was the leader has to be able to talk to the community. The community has to be able to talk to each other and the community has to be able to talk back to the leader. And I was like, whoa, light bulb moment. Hold on, hold on, hold on. And I like looked around at all these platforms and I was like, a Facebook group is the only platform that allows all three of those things to happen. But then later in the book and, you know, in in some of the other books that I read, it talks about how whenever you have like this tribe and you have an audience, like there's going to be your diehards, right? You're looking for your thousand true fans. And in order to bring those diehards out, you need to give them something besides what everybody else has. There needs to be kind of like that next step. And so I started doing research on different platforms or whatnot. And that's when the podcast, you know, kind of came about because I didn't know this out of all social media platforms, and I'm considering a podcast as a social media platform here, out of all content platforms, the the highest value clients of any of them, the the one that has the most amount of money is a podcast because they're the highest value listener. And somebody that listens to your podcast is roughly 70% more likely to buy from you if they listen to your podcast. So I'm like, I've got a Facebook group. I can communicate, like they can communicate to each other. I can communicate to them, then back to me. I meet the requirements. Let me add a podcast on there and pull those high value clients out. And I have signed... Like of all of my true high ticket, like $25,000 and above clients, I think all but three have come from the podcast. That's wild.
0: And yeah. Josh, I don't know if you mentioned that because you knew that that's a large portion of what we teach, but this is the mm-hmm. big foundational yeah. principle that so many people miss with podcasting, which is absolutely wild. I'd love to dig into this more. What, what I'm super curious about more than anything is that, you know, when I first met you and when you were speaking on that stage, flip-flops and quantum <laughs> physics, be damned, you know, one of the biggest things that you talked about was the fact that you went into this grind and, you know, honestly things were rough and you managed to get out of it bit And a lot of those transformational stories you hear, you know, every entrepreneur out there has got that transformational story. But what I'm super curious about is what's happened since you originally started the podcast. Cause you're yeah. into season two of Think Different Theory. Can you tell us a little bit about what's happened? Not necessarily in terms of business, but like personally, yes. like your own beliefs and stuff. Huge,
1: huge. And that's, I, I'm so glad you asked the question. It's a great question. So kind of the, like the story that you're referring to, for those that don't know, basically a couple of years back, um, End of, I think this would have been funnel hiking live Orlando was 2017, I think. I think 18, 19, or maybe maybe it was no 2018. So end of 2017, I had an agency and I was I was essentially a middleman for like Facebook ads and stuff. And like 20, I think I was like 24 years old, I am 23, 24 years old, making 50, 60, you know, grand a month, right? Like just killing it, quote quote. But I'm working seven days a week literally 18 hours a day. Like, and, and people are like, oh yeah, everybody says that. I mean, like, no, like I didn't have friends. I didn't have a girlfriend. I, I literally went to Walmart and food and that's it, right? Like, and I, I would work, 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 work. So I was miserable and I had all these problems and I was like, something is gonna break. Because I'm like spending, you know, making fifty, sixty, but I'm spending thirty, forty, just to buy my way out of these problems that I'm, you know, coming up with. And so, at, at uh, like kind of end of 2017, there, I was like, I know something's gonna break, and it was right after Funnel Hacking Live in Orlando where it did. I I flew home. I went to Chicago first. I flew home. And I was like, "That's it. I'm done. I like. I, I cannot do this anymore. I am completely exhausted." And I canceled all my clients. I went from making you know 50, 60, a month to literally overnight in a twenty four hour period to about three thousand a month. And I like went on this mindset journey of like, okay. If mindset is the answer clearly i don't know what that is right and so i started this process of like learning and that's what got me into quantum physics and the mind and personal development and tony robbins and joe dispenza and psychocybernetics cybernetics and like all these different things and so fast forward to the next year the one you know the funnel hacking live where you know you saw me speak at uh, at that the pre-event i had just started the podcast and the podcast came from me going and uh, kind of like sharing these stories with people and they're like dude like you need to get this out there like we need to hear them And what's interesting is when I started the podcast, like, I think a lot of people have this, this thought, like when you start a podcast that you're actually going to know what you talk about, like you don't, especially if it's your first podcast, right? Like you just kind of go, okay, this is the, this is the theme. This is the rough idea, right? Let's go, let's go see what happens essentially. Right. And so it was probably 50 episodes in before I really started to find my voice. And like about that 50th episode, I was like, oh, I actually kind of know what I believe now. Like I actually know how to communicate it because it's forced me to get out of my own head and put it out there. Like I'm not a journaler or I wasn't up until I had a coach, right? And my journaling was essentially creating content. And so I would go and I would create all these things and I would have to produce content and allow me to find my voice. And then I took that and I was like, okay, now let me start bringing in interviews. Let me start like interviewing other people and like basically like stress testing these beliefs that I have, right? These, these thought processes. And I would go and I would talk to people. I mean, I've had Nick Robbins on. We had a three-hour three hour interview one time about God, right? He's not, you know, he doesn't believe in God. I do believe in God. And like, so I'm like stress testing these beliefs. And what it did is it allowed me not only to build a bigger audience, but it allowed me to become more, I think more confident in what I believe, really like okay with myself. And it also allowed me to, have a connection with my audience that wasn't there before because all of a sudden it wasn't just business now. It wasn't just like when you're creating, I'm, I do three podcast episodes a week, right? So I'm, I'm a madman, right? But like, even if it's one a week, like that's a lot of content to be putting out. You've got to continually come up with co- topics. And like, if you are willing to be vulnerable and willing to open up, it exposes yourself and really, really helps you find your voice, figure out who you are so that you can beca- become a much more powerful person. And so I think. For me, personally, what it's done is, number one, has given me a tremendous amount more confidence in what I believe. And number two, has really taught me how to communicate what I believe so much better than I ever had before because it, like, I had to. I love that. And
0: honestly, it's been incredible to watch that transformation of your beliefs. And one thing that I've noticed as well, Josh, and and it's something that I love and I don't always agree with everything you say, but one thing that somebody said to me recently is that, you know, if you don't stand for something, then you fall for everything. Uh, And one thing I love about what you are is a very polarizing um, (laughs) person. And I I mean that in a complimentary fashion, because, Mm. you know, Sometimes, like, I'll be sitting there and I'll be scrolling through Instagram and I'll say to Gina, I'll turn around I'll say, Look at this shit that Josh has just put out, right? And like, I'm like, I'm like I can't believe the shit that he just wrote, right? And I, and I show her and we talk about it. And, you know, I've seen, you know, posts and conversations. But one thing I love about it, and, and this is something that I'm working on for myself, is that you are so vocal with what you believe, mm. not in a sense of like, I'm right and you're wrong, but you right. just put it out there and say, Here's what I believe. What do you think? You invite that conversation. You don't shy away from talking it out. And, right. I, and I think there's a huge problem with that universally worldwide where people aren't allowed to just even discuss anything anymore. Right. But how, how did that come about? Were you always this way or was that influenced by things that happened?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um... I think a lot of it recently, like in the past year and a half, has come from the death of my brother. So, for those of you that don't know, my brother died in a helicopter crash um, last March. And like, my brother was a big like apologist. Like, he really like studied religion and studied like he was into politics and like kind of stuff like that. And so, he and I would have a lot of discussions about things behind the scenes. And then all of a sudden, that was gone. And so, I think I became a little bit more vocal because I realized that the ideas that someone like him had were good and i believe that the world needed to have that and my brother was really open to conversation i think growing up though it was a lot of i'm right you're wrong right and as i grew i had some like really major like major major shifts in my belief systems of things that I was like, no, that is absolutely wrong. And then I'm like, I like would grow up and be like, wow, I believe that so strongly. And I don't believe that anymore, right? Whether it was religious things or whether it was business things or money things or how people should be treated or like, you know, whatever those things were. And so for me, I think probably about two years ago, a year and a half ago through that whole process of like mindset. And then like, you know, six months later, my brother, like passing away just like really messes with you. I came to this point that said, the world needs to have important conversations. Every, like there is not a single thing that I have put out that when I say I believe something, that there is not a logical reason behind it. I don't believe things or say things for the sake of saying things. I get accused all the time. Josh, you're just doing things for engagement. I'm like, that would be so stupid of me, right? That, 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 that's so dumb, right? Like, no, I'm not. What I'm doing is I'm saying, this is what I believe. I believe this to be right. I believe, like, here is my belief and here's why. Because I don't believe you should have a belief if you don't understand why you believe it. Right? If you don't know why, shut up and, and go study it. And that's why there's a lot of things like I won't comment on when it, like for racism, for example, right? Like in the whole things that you know, happened recently with everything, it's like, I absolutely believe that racism is wrong, 100%. Solutions, how to fix it, I don't know, right? I'm not gonna, and I've kept my mouth shut, right? Because I don't know the answer to those things. I don't have an opinion on those things. I just know that racism is wrong and we should all find a solution for it. And what happens is, is that people, people are not used to that. People are not used to people like just having open conversations. So a lot of times people feel attacked. So when I come out in support of some pretty controversial things at times, right? Whether it's Donald Trump or psychedelics or whatever, people are like, how dare you? And I'm like, prove me wrong. Like, I, like there's nothing I like more than if somebody can take my argument and actually beat me at it because then I'm like, oh my gosh, I just learned something right? But like I do such a good job and spend so much time every day, every week of studying and learning and trying to understand what I believe and the solutions behind it. So that when somebody comes and attacks me, I'm like, dude, I can destroy your arguments every way from Sunday because I know every opposing argument. There's a reason I believe this. And so so if somebody can come to me and, and put out something that's like, no, Josh, you're wrong and here's why, or here's not even you're wrong. Here's a different, maybe a different way to look at it and here's why, that is really attractive to me. And I think that so many people get so caught up in, oh my gosh, people are attacking me. Oh my gosh, the hate. I could never say something like that. And my response is either A, you're worried about what other people think. And most of the time, that's that's what it is. But B, I think the reason most people are worried about what other think, honestly, Jamie, is that they don't know what they believe. Like they're not convinced. Like it's like, hey, do you support this or this? They're like, I support that. So post about it. Well, I couldn't do that because what, Okay. So you don't know yet. Okay. And that's fine. But like, let's actually like be real about these things. The reason I'm able to be so controversial is because I actually believe what I put out. I'm not just trying to cause controversy. I'm not just trying to get engagement. I actually believe that that's what's best for the world. And if if I'm wrong, great. Then- By me talking about it, I'm gonna attract the people that either A, support it or B, are polarly opposite against it and have reason to do that. And that's how I learn. And I think if more people thought that way and like really were to just ask better questions, which is you know kind of the whole premise of my podcast, it would strengthen their belief system. I have absolutely no problem being wrong. But if you're gonna tell me that I'm wrong, there better be a lot of evidence and logic behind it to say, Josh, you're wrong, here's why. Because I bring that to the table on my side of the argument.
0: I think that's awesome, and uh, and honestly, it's interesting because it has such a powerful effect on your market and who people follow. Because you know, I I know some people who are just diehard Josh Forty fans. Like they, like you, if you haven't got a hashtag yet, right? Like <laughs> you got to get something going out there, right? Hashtag Josh is always right, but the the biggest thing <laughs> that, that, that I've noticed it's definitely not is always right, but yeah, yeah, right. Like, but they believe it. That's the point, right? And uh, and. The power of what you've actually put out there most recently was really inspiring. Can you talk a little bit about your most recent campaign? Because I was particularly interested in it. I think for me personally, because of the the value-based approach that you took to it, but I'm super curious to see behind the scenes about... Why you decided to do that campaign in the first place? Because I know that you had planned to do a campaign. I know that the Facebook group kind of went wrong while you were abroad and you were in Australia. <laughs> oh, All God. sorts of stuff went wrong. Yeah, but like, talk to me about like what was the reason that you decided to go this route with the launch?
1: Yeah, with the five day workshop and and everything like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I build wildly profitable audiences for people. Um, you know, I've grown and managed 6 million followers. I've generated $3 million in, in trackable cash collected for my clients. We're very proud of that. You know, for me, going back to, you know, like the whole stating your beliefs and being controversial, I believe that everybody has the ability to create their own reality. I like, I actually believe that. I don't believe that you have to live... In the current state of the world, I'm, I'm a visionary, right? And the 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 ability of a visionary is to literally see into the future, go create it, and then bring that into reality, right? And so I believe that. I believe that that's a real thing that you can do, and that's and and in order to do that, like yes, you have to be smart, and you have to be intentional, but I really believe anybody can do that. And so as I sat down and I actually went through an exercise where I I kind of wrote out like my like my journey of life. And I was like, if I were to coach somebody through the way that I believe life should be lived, not what they should believe, but how life should be lived. I believe that fundamentally, you, you really need to have some form of flexibility in being your own boss, to the point where if you have a boss, that's fine, but you basically be able to tell the boss, I quit at any given dime, at the drop of a hat without even thinking about it if they're doing something that's against your belief system, right? And financially, you need to be there. And you need to know your beliefs. You need to have an audience. Like you need to have these things, like these skills. And so I wrote this, all thing, this whole thing out. And I realized that the reason that I was able to go have the business that I have, have the mindset that I have, take the trips that I have, meet the connections that I have, lever- everything that I've been able to do has all been leveraged around an audience. Because an audience means when you actually understand it, which is what I teach in the workshop, an audience all revol- revolves around a message you need to have a message. And if you have that message, and my message is of personal responsibility, being, becoming a free thinker and going out and creating your own reality, right? And so I'm like, if I can get people to buy into this belief and this message that says I can go out and do that, then they're gonna say, okay, Josh, how do I go and do that? And if you don't have money, if you don't have a funnel, if you don't have an audience, like if you don't have all these things, I'm like, it's really hard. And it, it is, it's, it's really hard if you're making 2000 bucks a month at a nine to five job and you have no way to increase your income. And so for me, I looked at this and I said, okay, How can I go out and have an impact? Like what's step one for people? And so I put together this workshop that essentially goes through and says, okay, like this is how you launch an audience. Now, this is specifically designed for entrepreneurs or free thinkers that have a message that want to go change the world for the better. Like it's for a specific type of person. But if you're that person, this is the vehicle. Russell Brunson talks about this, right? You need a vehicle to get the the objective. Our objective is I want you to create your own reality. I want you to go out there and change the world how you see fit. Not how I see fit how you see fit. In order for you to do that, you have to have freedom in your mind. You have to have freedom in your finances and you have to have freedom in your time, right? And I'm like, great. So an audience is what I believe is the best way to go out and do that. And so we put together this five-day workshop. We rebranded the name of the group. Once again, it ha- Over, I was over in the Philippines. We launched 700 members in the first two days. And then Facebook was like, you're a spot because you're in the Philippines and your team's in America. And just, oh, it was, you're, you're doing like, too good. You must know, be right. like-, like- <laughs> right. Um, and so we, we put together this workshop and we launched it out there. It was awesome. And we had over a thousand people register and attend um, and uh, which was super, super cool. And basically I, I laid the groundwork to say like, this is the framework to build an audience. Why are we building an audience? We're building an audience because you need to build a business and you need to build a life that allows you to go out and be you and really nothing else does. I mean, like, yes, there's other vehicles that allow it, but like, I'm not reliant on ads I'm not reliant on an ad budget. I'm not reliant on a boss. I'm not reliant on somebody else's product. I'm not reliant on somebody else's, you know, traffic. I own the traffic. I have the followers. They buy into me, my message. I can be uniquely myself and my audience will grow with me. And so that was kind of the whole premise around it. We had an amazing, amazing launch. It was super awesome. And um, yeah, that's kind of the whole idea behind it.
0: Yeah, it was inspiring to see. And, you know, I, I love the the whole way that it was built out. And one thing that that is really interesting is that you have this, what you just shared then is it's like, hey, I want you to go and live the life the way that you want to live. And, yes. you know, Josh, you know, my audience knows, like we travel full time. Like we're all about the freedom lifestyle. Like we, apart from now, like we're just stranded, you know, where we're at. But <laughs> what, what I'm super curious about is what does that freedom lifestyle look like for you? And, and specifically, like, like one of the, one of the practices that I do fairly regularly is I, I kind of visualize, okay, what's my perfect that. day? Where am I getting to? Like, what am I actually trying to get to? And I'm super curious what like your perfect day would look like <laughs> and what you want to, you know, when you're
1: looking at freedom, yeah. where do you, where are you going? Man, for me personally, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, man, first off, great question. I love it. And I love how you visualize things and like, Hey, what's my perfect day look like? I I am a visionary, right? Like every element of the word, like I will tell my team and my my poor operations manager, she has to deal with me. I'm like, hey, the next two days are just me days, bye, right? And then I go and I like literally will just go for walks or, you know, or, you know, kind of be in my own little world over here, just kind of envisioning what the future is going to look like and then go, ha, that's the next step to it. Come back to the team. Here's what we're going to build. And they're like, where did that come from? Right, you know, it's like, I'm over here. But for me, dude, so like I'm, I'm religious and, and I believe in God and I believe that, I believe that God has a purpose for every human being. And I believe that we all have our own unique talents and we all have our own unique gifts. And my gift is teaching. I love teaching. And I believe that I've been, I mean, I've been incredibly, incredibly blessed to grow up in a home where my parents are still married, right? No divorce, which is huge, right? I mean, I've been, you know, I didn't go to school, but like, I have been fortunate enough to understand the importance of education. I have a coach that I pay, I mean, i pay $60,000 a year for my coach. I mean, like, not many people get to do that. And so I, I do believe that I'm really, really blessed to be, have- uh, life, I don't, I don't think I have life figured out. There, obviously, there's so much to learn all the time. But like, I have a pretty good understanding of what it takes to at least be successful, treat others with respect, and be able to make decisions. And I believe that it is my moral obligation to go and help as many other people reach their fullest potential as possible. You know, and I've had some, you know, some out of body experiences in, in, in that sense of like, hey, I'm like, I'm here like that, like my, here today, gone tomorrow. My life means nothing in the grand scheme of things. So if I can become the best version I can be and I can inspire others, like that's my goal. And so as I look into the future, I go, great. I see seasons of life. And so for me, this season of life right now is, I wanna become as financially sad as possible. I wanna impact as many people as possible. I wanna grow and learn as, for the next five to 10 years as I possibly can. And so whatever's gonna allow me to do that best while still taking care of my health, that's what's important to me. And then in 10 years from now, or eight years from now, whatever it is, I'm like, okay, the next phase of my life looks like kids, right? looks like a family. Because I believe that the greatest contribution that you can leave behind is to have children. Now that's not for everybody, right? But like, I, you know, for me, like I do want kids. And you know, my, my, my girlfriend and I, uh, you know, we're together or whatnot, I'm sure we're gonna go get married and you know everything like that. But I'm like, how do I design a life that allows me at every element to give back as much as I possibly can while still taking care of myself. And I believe one of the biggest misconceptions around giving back or serving people or being successful or whatever, is that you aren't, like that if you buy your things that you like to do or have a dream lifestyle, that you're not contributing back the way that you you are supposed to. No, I'm like, not everybody likes the beach. Not everybody likes the mountains. Not everybody likes the city. Not everybody likes the country. I'm going to do what I like to do best. We're moving to Colorado. Why? Cause that's what I want to do right now. And I know that that's going to put me in an energy state. And so for me, the perfect day looks like I have a business where my team is each in their role of what they do best, whether that's customer service or operations manager or fulfillment or sales. Like we have a full working team that works without me there so that I can go be the visionary and I can, teach. We can give back to, you know, underprivileged communities. We can go inspire entrepreneurs to build impact-driven businesses. And everything that I do is, is, is built around how can we create sustainable change in a way that we can give back that allows me to do what I love to do, my team to love what they do, because why would I want to be like, yes, you can change your life for the better. My life is miserable, so don't follow me, but you can do it, right? Like, no, like go live fulfilled, live happy. And so for me, like, that's what it's all about. And the podcast is a huge part of that. One of my favorite if you're like, Josh, what is your dream title, dream job? Like one person, like who, who, who would that be? Joe Rogan, right? Like dude, that, that dude, he gets to interview the coolest people in the world, dude. And it's like, if I'm interviewing people like that, I'm leveling up my mind. I'm learning and having a better perspective. I'm expanding the realm of what's possible and deepening my understanding. And now it's my moral responsibility because I've been blessed with good parents because I've been blessed with a good life to go take that and show others the way so that they can go and create that for themselves as well because I can't change the world. But a collective group of people and the ripple effect of what I do can. And I don't know what's best for everybody, but I don't need to impact everybody. I might know what's best for these 10,000 people in my lifetime. And then those 10,000 people will do 10,000 more and some will be in China and some will be in Australia and some will be in you know America. Like that's the, the ripple effect. So being the best version of myself and creating a life that allows me to do that, all fueled by teaching people how to build audiences. Yeah, I love that. Joe Rogan, I think what really sets him apart is
0: that like unquenchable curiosity that he just has about- every topic and he and he ends up going so deep and uh, it, it, i mean some of the episodes he puts out is just insane you know right. the, the tangents insane. he goes on but it's it's really interesting that you drew that parallel because of the fact that he's got that freedom like it's his show right it's about what the hell he wants when the hell he wants right and like that's how he rolls which is really right. interesting i'm yeah. i'm uh I, I think that's cool one thing that i really love with the whole idea of freedom and you know, one of my good friends, Ian Stanley, always talks about this idea of discipline versus surrender. And, you know, the dude is like the one-hour workweek dude. Like, yeah. he, he makes Tim Ferriss look like, you know, he's working four times too hard. And uh, <laughs> the dude, like, yeah, he doesn't do much at all. But what one thing I'm fascinated by is understanding about what people actually surrender to, especially entrepreneurs when they're so driven and they're so disciplined constantly. Like what, what's your surrender time, Josh? Like when you are not focused on the discipline side of you and your business and growing, like what do you surrender to? So like,
1: I like, I like cool things and I like utilizing those things to like their max. So, like, I like being active. I love water skiing and jet skiing, right? I just bought a Jeep Wrangler. And, like, <laughs> that's going to be my pr- – like, we took off all the doors. I, I you, you, you know mentioned that to yeah. me. Like, we're I was gonna- like,
0: dude, uh, I don't know if you know, but, like, there's no doors in there. Yeah. Like.
1: <laughs> well, like, and, and that's what they're built for. We're moving to Colorado. So, we're going to put a lift kit on it, and we're going to put off-road tires on it. And we're going to, like – like, I like being active because I like anything that's going to stimulate my mind. I don't like my mind being idle. I believe that, like, my mind is a, is a tool. And so, you know – there's different ways to go about doing that. Walks, uh, I like, di- you know, certain t- different types of drugs um, in, in their correct state of, you know, and, and uh, we, you know, you can go down, we can go down that rabbit hole. If you want to go down that rabbit hole, I'm happy to talk about it. But like, you know, that works for me. It's not for everybody, you know, but like I like doing those things because it's really hard to turn my mind off. And so for me, it's not how do I turn my mind off? It's how do I continue to grow my mind in ways outside of business? How do I give my mind a break from the day-to-day of business while still keeping it active? Because I don't want to shut it off, right? Like it just goes and goes and goes and goes. And I like it, right? But having the ability, okay, we're going to work on the Jeep now. Or, oh, we're going to go out for a walk now. Or, oh, we're going to go play Frisbee now. Or, oh, we're going to go out in the water. Oh, we're going to go, you know, I don't know, explore through the mountains. Like doing those activities that keep me healthy, keep my mind active and anything at all that gives me a better perspective on life, right? Like I love perspective and I don't care. Like I have friends that are, just about as polar opposite of me as you could possibly think of, right? I mean, like just, they believe everything opposite, their politics are different, their money views are different, but I love talking to them. And I take a real genuine interest in having this conversation because I'm like, you're different than me. I don't get that. So tell me what drives you. Tell me how you think. And then when I can understand their mind, I like, I love figuring people out and like figuring out how they think. Because if I can better understand how somebody else's mind work, I can better understand how I, how I work. And so I think those are the things, like just anything outdoors, act, activity focused or anything like that, it gets me really, really excited. That's interesting. Yeah.
0: I, I find it fascinating when you when you mention drugs and it's so funny because the whole discussion can be like so off topic for some people and like super relevant for others. And like right. honestly, Josh, this isn't something I've shared with my audience before, but like I've been down that road and you know and and my friends close friends know to me like when I was in work drugs were the the escape and it was right, an right. abuse situation and you know uh, abusing because like I didn't enjoy the process that I was in and then when I go down the travel route and I went and traveled and I discovered things along the lines of psychedelics which suddenly it was less about hey I'm just going to go get off my face and, and forget about stuff it became hey <laughs> I want to understand myself better like let me put you through that experience yes it was really interesting. I mean, what, what, what was the, and I'm trying to think of the question that I'm actually genuinely interested in knowing here, but what do you think the biggest misconception entrepreneurs have about drugs in general?
1: Yeah. And specifically, you know, we're talking about psychedelics here specifically. Like I grew up where any form of drugs was morally wrong. It was, it was a moral issue, right? Oh, they're illegal. They're bad. They're going to mess you up forever. Like, first off, you need to understand, like, we're not talking about like like hard drugs here, you know, <laughs> like we're not talking about things that are actually going to mess you up. Like psychedelics are a fundamentally different thing. And so I think, I think the big misconception is, is that like, think people think you're going to get hooked. People think that it's going to be some form of negative that, that you're going to take them and never come back, or it's going to mess up your mind. You know, I've talked to lots of people about that. And, you know, and I think uh, there's also a percentage of people that think that, oh, that's what people do at parties. Right. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I, I suppose so. But like, it's all about what your intention is. I don't take drugs because I like taking drugs. And keep in mind, like I'm not a, like, I'm not doing them all the time. You know what I mean? Like in, <laughs> in in state, where, you know, like when it's you know appropriate, you know, in limited quantities or whatnot. But I think for me, like, like, dude, I watch webinars why I'm on, you know, or while I'll do a psychedelic. And like people are like, what? Like most people are like, I we, we go to parties, we go to raves, like, what are you doing? I'm like, no, like. I like study like study religion. I study marketing. I study like I want to have a deeper understanding and I think that people just don't do their research. They don't know what it actually does and it, it really opens your mind and, 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 and it like you see how things fit together and so you know whether it's microdosing or whether it's you know a, a, a larger dose than that what it does is it gives you a new perspective of how things work and how things fit together and, and don't get me wrong like it's out of this world. It's like nothing you can possibly, like you can't explain. I mean, you know, like you can't explain it to yeah. somebody, right? You're like, here's what you expect. Like there is no, there's no way. There's It's incomprehensible. But like you get done and you have this deeper appreciation for life. You have this deeper appreciation for what it is. And for me, it brings a lot of clarity. And so I would just encourage, like it's not for everybody. I'm not, Advocating that everybody go and do it. You got to be in a really good state of mind. You know, don't do it if you're depressed, right? But for the person that's out there that really wants more, they want to understand at a deeper level how this life works and the impact that they can have. I think what it does is it unlocks part of your brain that you can't really access without it. And um, it's a true, it truly is a transformational experience about it. And once again, just be careful, right? Like I'm not, I'm not, be not safe your kids. Kid, right. But yeah. Be safe kids. But it's not, it's not like doing meth, right? It's not like doing hair. It's, it's way different. And, and there's been so many studies out there. So many studies of, of health benefits for people with PTSD that have taken them or mental health issues or people that are about to die that are on their deathbed. You know, they've got, you know, two or three weeks to live and they'll do it. And there's just like, they're at peace. They're like, Nope, I'm ready to die. I'm good. You know, and and it helped me get through my brother's death. And I've told my, you know, I've told a lot of people this. They're like, how are you dealing with your brother? And I'm like, I'm good. Not because it wasn't hard. Not because I don't wonder why God let that happen. But because I know that I'm going to see him again. And I also like just have this deeper understanding of like, I don't know what comes next. Nobody does. But like, I know what it's like to not be in this world. You know, and that's pretty cool. And so I'm at peace with a lot of things with that
0: yeah the perspective is a is a huge thing you know for me I just became a better human being which is insane like my appreciation for people and you know you gotta remember like we I don't know about you Josh but like I came from a background of sales where you know we were pretty much trained and you know not even so much trained as kind of indoctrinated into this belief of you know lying's okay at certain levels to the point where you believe it. And you know, I I don't really openly tell people this a lot, but I was a compulsive liar, you know, through the point of sales to the point where like at at one point, like some lady said she had a little dog and like, I knew that the dog was the thing that connected with it. I'd pretend I had a dog and I would actually talk and have that conversation. And I told myself, I would say, you know, that's okay. Because like, I was just connecting with her. That's how it starts. And you know, it, it took me a long road of, being able to come back from that, you know, and yeah. improve the way that I treat people and with my family and stuff. And it's yeah. crazy. And, and a lot of the pivot was through that, you know, psychedelic experience of being able to reflect and be like, whoa, that's like not cool.
1: Yeah, I think it helps you find yourself a lot. It helps you find your values. It helps you find what you believe in. And, um, you know, they're different, different ones do different things, but a lot of them, are, you know, play with emotions a lot. And uh, you have a sense of connection. You have a a sense of understanding that. I mean, for me, I studied. So before I had ever done them for the first time, I I studied quantum physics. So the idea of quantum physics, for those of you that don't know, I mean, it's like the most complex thing on earth outside of maybe like string theory, right? But like essentially, quantum physics says that we're all connected and that something can be both a physical object and an energy state at the exact same time, right? And so you know, basically, like. movement and and things and and thoughts that I have here in Omaha, Nebraska can affect things in China or on a star, you know, a million light years away. Like we're all connected. And so when you understand that like science actually has, there's hypotheses that say that like that can actually be a thing. And then you go into it like a psychedelic experience, you're like, oh my gosh, right? It makes sense. You see how we're connected. You see how your energy and your mood and how you show up and how you present yourself and the energy state upon which you build something like are connected. And you're like, why would I ever force anything ever again? Like alignment is the key, baby, right? Like, Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong. Like sometimes you got to hustle. Sometimes you got to force some stuff, but like overall, like you want to be in alignment. Like you want to, you want to find your people. You want to find your, your calling. You want to find your message. And once again, it's really hard to do that. If you're tied to a job that you hate, it's really hard to do that. If you don't have financial freedom, it's really hard to do that if you don't have an audience. And so like, for me, I'm like, I, it would not be a great idea for a lot of people to go and have these experiences and then be like, Oh, I can't do anything about it. You know what I mean? Like I can't, I can't, you've got to take action. Like you've got to go and implement. It's not going to just solve all your problems, but having an audience is like that, that step towards being like, okay, now I have something to fall back on that allows me to leverage it and, and go make those things happen. And so, you know, it's been life-changing for me for sure. I think it'd be life-changing for a lot of people. I recommend it to a lot of my friends that are, you know, that are at that stage and at that level. Um, I just think there's a lot of misconceptions around it. And I think first, morally, a lot of people are like, oh, that's morally not okay. God would mm-hmm. not like that, or it's against the law. And when you really study the history of them and you look at even the Bible, like the examples of psychedelics, people don't realize that they're there because they just call them something different. You know what I mean? It's pretty, it's pretty fascinating. Yeah, dude. I, I could talk about this all day, but all day, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna change gears a bit because a bit, yeah. I know,
0: you know, we're talking about audiences and um I know that you're a big fan of Logan Paul and I am also <laughs> A big fan of Logan Paul, um, which is a pretty controversial thing to say in its own right, or at least yeah. <laughs> a year and a half ago. But dude's flipped to four one eighty, and um, I'm fascinated. Like I, I find a dude highly entertaining. I love the way that he goes about building businesses. I think his brother is a little bit more controversial, and I, I honestly think at a huge lot more risk. Yeah. No, I think I think there's a lot going on there, but I I would love to know um a little bit about about your opinion about the way that he runs his business in terms of his audience because since Impulsive came out since the podcast came out I really believe that saved his image like full- wholeheartedly the side of him that he yeah. that he uh, discovered and showed I think is really interesting but uh, I'm also fascinated by Mike his co-host about the direction he's going in so I, I would just love to know your thoughts like about mm. his business and and
1: where they're heading like. What what do you think's happening there? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think the podcast definitely saved his image and um, really helped him transform into a, a higher age group demographic, more mature audience for sure. I'm gonna be honest with you. I stopped I I kind of stopped watching him after he started bringing porn stars on because he had some porn stars on there um, and like actually like started hanging out with them and stuff like that. It's not my gig. Um, I, you know, I believe everybody's equal. I, I don't look down on people that, you know, do that or whatever, but like that's morally against what I believe. So, you know, for me, it's, it's hard to like, I get it. It brings views and it, you know, brings engagement and it helps and, you know, whatever. But I, I did kind of disconnect after a little bit from there. That being said, I think, I think what Logan Paul understands better than anyone else. And like, you have to be a like you have to be a very special breed of person to do this, is that the persona upon which you are online isn't, like, doesn't have to be you, right? Like Logan Paul is a very, very, very smart human being. Like he is very intelligent. Most people don't think that. Most people think he's an idiot, right? Because he loves, does a lot of stupid stuff. So I think the biggest thing that Logan Paul understands is the power of controversy, the, how to, how to g- grasp and grab someone's attention and then how to keep it. Right. And, you know, going back even to his earlier vlogs before he started the podcast, like his maverick movement, right? Like we're the maverick, be a maverick, you know, like the, you know, the, the, everything around that. And he built this mass following of just like crazy raving fans. And now he's pivoted that while still keeping the message of doing things different while still keeping the message of that through his content and through his work. And I think one of the most powerful things that we can learn from Logan and which you know I teach this a lot too is that the audience only exists if there's a message, right? There, it's it. If there's no message, there's no audience. It will go away. The views will go away as soon as you stop producing bad content. Logan Paul took months off of content, came back and he's hotter than ever before because the message was there. And so I think that partnering up with somebody like a Mike who, who brings out Logan's strengths and also will reel Logan in when he is, being an idiot, right, and and not know what to say, and also bring out a, like, Logan can't relate to a lot of people like Mike can. Like, Mike's been through some crap, dude. Like, holy cow, you know, like, his life, and he relates to a lot of people, and he brings in that market, and I think it makes Logan a lot more mature, and it- He saved his reputation by getting involved in social issues that he cares about, by donating to different places, by being involved there, by learning from people that are smarter than him, and basically being like, listen, I effed up, right? Like, I get it. Let me win your trust back. And when you have that type of honesty, and you're willing to stick with it, and you're willing to stick with the criticism, knowing that when you step back out into that content world, knowing when you start that podcast, it is nothing but you're dumb, you suck, go to hell, we want you to die, but but he made it through that. And when you stick with the message, when you put out that content and you are true to who you are, which I really do believe that he is, as much as I disagree with some mm-hmm. of the things that he does, he has been true to himself. That is real. That is authentic. And people will always buy into that, even if you don't realize it at the beginning. Yeah, the transparency and self-awareness that he yes.
0: actually displays, I think is just, it, it's, it's mind-blowing to me to, to look at videos that are 18 months apart and see that difference in growth Isn't it insane? On, a, on a personal level. And I, I find it inspiring, you know, because truly the dude has grown to insane levels, which, and, and his awareness around how people perceive him, I just think is on like the next level.
1: Like I've met him, dude. I've hung out with him literally coming up on a year last July. We were out there at his, the challenger games or whatever. And like, I got there early, literally just walked back, like walked into the lockers and they were all back there. And I was like, what's up? Like, I got to hang out with him and Jay. Like they're, they're not dumb right? They're very smart. They're very intelligent. And so you take the good, you learn from it. And you know, that's not for me. You know, some of the stuff isn't for me, but like when you understand the game, it goes to show you that no matter how bad you mess up and he messed up, right? Mm -hmm. Like big time messed up. No matter how bad you mess up, if you're willing to step up and go, I'm messed up, I'm going to make it right. Give me a chance. And you stick with that, that you can turn your life around yeah it's wild and josh this has
0: been super fun super interesting diving into all these topics definitely took some turns that i didn't expect which is great <laughs> what one of the you know just listening to you talk and listening to all the things that that you've been saying one thing that that popped into my mind which isn't a question i've ever asked somebody before is you know this idea of you looking back on your life at 50 60 70s 70, 70 years old even and this idea of like, what have I done that I'm the most proud of? Mm. If that was you and you were looking back and you said, you know what? Of everything I've ever done, that's the proudest moment. And this might be something you haven't done yet or something
1: uh, that Mm. has happened. What do you think that might be? It's going to be different than what most people think. I think for me, like the, if I, like, I'm imagining myself at 70 looking back. My reputation is really, really important to me. So, like, being honest and and really standing up for things that I believe in and understanding that would probably be number two. I think the, the thing that I would be most proud of if it, if it happens would be that I raised my children to be God-fearing people that carried on a legacy of like living how they, like living what they believe, knowing what they believe and why they believe it and empowering others to do the same. I believe in God. I believe, like I share my faith with people and I believe that everybody should go and have a personal relationship with God, but I am not your typical Christian that's going to tell you what that looks like. And my relationship with God looks vastly different than most Christians do. And I believe that that's totally okay. And I believe that you don't, like, I don't know. Who's to say that, you know, there's just Christians out there that are like, Mormons don't go to heaven. Catholic, you know, I'm like, who are you, right? Like <laughs> what you should be encouraging people to do is know themselves, become the best version of themselves, have a personal relationship with their creator and go out and continue to spread that message. And if I could teach my kids to do that and be proud of that, I, I think that would be my greatest accomplishment. And then secondly, to live my own life in a way that reflected that and inspired as many others to do that as possible. Incredible. Yeah. What an yeah. answer.
0: Love it, dude. Um, I'm super grateful to have you on the show. Super excited to see everything that happens with Think Different Thank Theory. You, I appreciate people it. people want to follow along, obviously, you guys can go check out Think Different Theory. If you haven't yet, you absolutely should. Um, Josh, where can people go to find and get more Josh Forty in their life?
1: Uh, Yeah, thinkdifferenttheory.com or thinkdifferenttheory.com slash listen is the direct link to the actual podcast. But if you just go to thinkdifferenttheory.com website there, uh, it's actually not really a funnel, kind of, sort of, but not really. I mean, it's more for the podcast and it's just like, hey, like, here's what we do. Um, We have some, you know, a a lot of different funnels on things, but that like mindset, audience creation, things like that, thinkdifferenttheory.com. And then always Instagram, my first name, last name, Josh Forty. Um, That's the best place to actually connect with me. And then if you want to learn specific specific audience uh, creation stuff, like learning about wildly profitable audiences and what we do, thinkdifferenttheory.com slash group. Um, That'll take you right to our Facebook group and um, you can join um, there, which we have a a ton of fun in there. Like I do lives all the time. I am way, way engaged in that group. We have a great community that are just there to support one another. Um, It's called Wildly Profitable Audience, but thinkdifferenttheory.com slash group. Amazing. Josh, thank you so much for being on. And guys, don't forget,
0: go dig into Think Different Theory, get some more Josh in your life and we'll see you on the next episode.
1: Thanks for listening
0: to the Changemakers Podcast. But guys, let's face it. Getting buyers coming to you, it can be pretty tough.
1: So what if we can help you create content that pulled in your ideal customers? Head
0: to 12monthsofcontent.com where we'll show you how to map out a 12-month plan of content that pulls in your dream customers each and every day.
1: Again, that's 12, the number, monthsofcontent.com.
0: All right, guys, we'll see you there.